You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's the Dan Patrick Show live here. It's me, Jason McIntyre, joined by Doug Gottlieb, filling in for Dan and the Danettes. Got a phenomenal Christmas Eve show for you, folks. I hope everybody's having a happy holiday. Christmas is tomorrow. If you are on your way to the store to get last-minute gifts, I'm sorry about your luck. That is just a bad decision on your part. you got to show out and get the kids and the ladies and the jump-off and everybody that matters to you a nice holiday present. Uh, It's been a great holiday for me, although Jimmy Garoppolo kind of, sort of, ruined things for me. I was on a gambling roll in the NFL. As you guys know, I do a lot of gambling stuff for Fox Sports, and I have my own podcast here on the iHeart Network. Straight fire. And oh my gosh, I love the Niners. They're rolling, and Jimmy Garoppolo got in the way and totally butchered the Niners. I don't want to say he screwed their season, and Doug will chime in here shortly, but Jimmy Garoppolo is the reason they lost that game. And I know the defense got just absolutely slaughtered on third and long. Folks, I saw a stat that just blew me away. So the Niners' defense, which has been great, has their issues in the secondary. And the Tennessee Titans are the first team in the NFL this season with five conversions of third and ten or longer in one game. Five! San Francisco's defensive backs just got crushed by A.J. Brown, who'd been on the IR. They don't double A.J. Brown. The Titans come back, and the 49ers get a severe blow to their playoff chances. They do have the Texans next week, which is a layup, we know. But they got close out with the Rams. Rams will be battling for the number one stop bot. They'll be battling for the NFC West crown. And Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have all sorts of questions today, Doug Gottlieb, about whether or not he can be the franchise guy in San Fran, or are they going to turn to Trey Lance? The same way Alex Smith paved the way for Patrick Mahomes uh, back in the day in Kansas City. So Doug Gottlieb and I really uh, love to chop up the NFL. We do like to get into the NBA as well. There'll be a smattering of NBA talk. Uh, I w- Just a quick note on the NBA. The Christmas Day slate is uh, who's who of who is not playing because it's getting ugly. COVID kind of wreaking havoc on the NBA. So, Doug, I, I don't know. We'll get started with Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners. Um, I don't know. Listen, I'm not going to make a big deal about one game, but this is kind of who he is, right? He'll look great for three weeks, and then Jimmy Garoppolo will vomit all over himself in a primetime game and have everybody questioning his future as the Niners starter. I don't even think, Jason, that it's that he'll look good for three weeks. Like, this is every game for him is he makes some plays. The final touchdown pass he threw was a beautiful ball. He'll make some plays that will lead you saying, uh, there's your quarterback. And then he'll make one play, at least one interception he'll throw. Or have one fumble, like, you cost us the game. You're up 10 nothing. you're on the road. You know, you're one of the hotter teams in football. You're trying to climb back into the playoffs. And he, he just didn't. I mean, that, that interception he threw, some of the other plays he made in the second half, they're just not good enough in order to be championship plays. And I, I think, I, I, I truly believe that that most of, like, you know, it's like mostly true, right? Remember when you have uh, political debates, how they have, the, they have a fact checker at the end? I think the Niners have been mostly accurate and told mostly truths in regards to Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they like him. I think being injured is a problem. But I also think that that they feel like th- these moments keep coming up where he's been exposed 
because he has just he he does this. I, I can't like I was watching the game last night and I'm cooking some food and I look up and I see him throw the interception. I was like, yeah, that, that's about right. Like that's what he does. I'm th- thankfully I'm not emotionally invested in the Niners, but if I was, that would have been the most expected yeah. thing possible last night. So interesting stat on Jimmy G. One in six are the Niners this season when he throws an interception. Basically, hey man, if you turn the ball over, there's a good chance we're losing. And, you know, Doug, the weird part about that pick in the first uh, first quarter, they were up 7 nothing. They go down the field so quickly. They get the ball back, and they do the same damn thing. If he doesn't throw that pick, Doug, and they go up 14 nothing or even 10 nothing, it kind of sort of feels like game over. And I know they went up 10 nothing, but, Doug, the big tell. You know how, like, you're playing poker and somebody shows their hand? Somebody, whether it's something a tell that they've done in the past or you just notice something out of character? I mean— you know, Kyle Shanahan sat on the ball with two timeouts with, like, I think 80 seconds left in the half. Just decided, yeah, we're not going to chance it. And at that point, you knew this guy doesn't have faith in his quarterback. And that's disappointing if you're an offense. You saw Debo Samuel. You know, he's a, he's an amazing athlete, was a ridiculous player in college, kind of went un, uh, under the radar in the draft and fell a little bit because of injuries. And he was so fired up late in that fourth quarter. Like, come on, how are we losing this game? And he almost willed them to victory. Uh, Doug, Debo Samuel is fun to watch. And I should plug that I have him on my fantasy team. And I'm in the semifinals. And uh, he got me 28 points last night, baby. Fantasy football. Doug, I, I know you do fantasy, right? I do. I have two fantasy teams. They're both still playing in the playoffs. I'm doing kind of well. I don't, I don't know how you veered off into that. No, you had two. Each team had two talented wide receivers. And I mean, let's be honest. The biggest completion of the game was a, was a, a free play. Oh. And Tannehill just throws it up in the air, and I don't even think Tennessee knew what was what was going on. So, uh, but but all of this, your previous point was the best one, which is all of this is avoidable if you're San Francisco. You just don't turn it over. You just don't turn it over. And and you know, like, look, if you're if you're watching, and you're like, wow, that's the 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 difference between throwing interception, not throwing interception is very slight. Correct. That's the difference between being a, just a good quarterback and being a great quarterback. You know, yeah. you can't turn, you just can't turn the ball over on the road, and and so they they lose what was a hotly contested game. Um, I still think the Niners are very good and got a heck of a pass rush with Dick Bosa. Uh, you mentioned Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and and George Kittle. Like that's a that's a good football team, and Garoppolo has been really really good of late. But that was a golden opportunity to solidify yourself in the playoffs. To get a big road win and really hurt Tennessee, who was not did not feel like they were ready to play in the first half. Doug, one of the weird things about quarterback is everybody wants to say today, you know the the what is it, Friday morning quarterback? Oh, you got to dump Jimmy Garoppolo. You got to move on. And it's like, well, wait a sec, hold on. I get it. This is who he is. He's he's hot and cold, and he can get you to a Super Bowl. But is he going to win you a Super Bowl? And then Doug, it's like, okay, well, what are your options? Look around. What are you bringing in, Teddy Bridgewater? You sure as hell are not going after Sam Darnold. They have Trey Lance sitting well, there. Well, that's the thing. If Trey Lance was any good, don't you think he would have thrown a pass in, I don't know, the last three months? Like, he's sitting no. on the bench doing nothing. So Pat Mahomes wasn't any good when he was well, sitting behind Well, and that's Alex where Smith? it gets interesting. It's like, is he Patrick Mahomes? What evidence is there that he's Patrick Mahomes other than, you know, he is a, uh, a quarterback who was maybe drafted, what, top 11? I think Mahomes went 10 or 11. And he sat for a year. And he has a great offensive mind as a coach, Shanahan and Reed. And that's about it. Like, I don't know, Trey Lance's body of work at North Dakota State sure as hell wasn't anything special, was it? 
I don't know. I mean, Trey Lance was widely regarded as a top prospect in last year's draft, even before you know he played one one game in a COVID season. Uh, but he's a developmental prospect. There's no question. I I don't know. Like he, here's what's interesting. So Jason has you have your Straight Fire podcast, and I I know clips of it. Obviously, follow a lot of your a lot of the things you do, and I, I can remember a time in the middle of the season. You go back about a month and a half ago where people were questioning Kyle, is Kyle Shanahan really any good? Does he really know what he's doing? You know what, was, what, what the difference was? One, he was playing Trey Lance, and two, he was he had backups, and they didn't have their overall talent. Yep. So, so, so the thing is that this is kind of all part of the plan, and Garoppolo, up until last night, was kind of screwing up the plan because he was playing so well, and then last night you're like, oh, okay. I, I get it, right? That the, the the Trey Lance hope is that he's a better version of Kaepernick, and by Kaepernick, I don't mean the runner. I mean that Kaepernick replaced Alex Smith, who was playing well, got them to the NFC Championship game, just couldn't get him past that ceiling. It wasn't all his fault. They lost to the Saints, so I, I that's obviously the plan. But if you answer your question, if you would have played last night, like no one thinks he's ready. He's going to be ready. It's going to be his team next year. They they invested way too much. And the only thing screwing up that timeline, again, previous to last night, was Jimmy Garoppolo had played that well as the Niners know that in order to win this year, they need Jimmy to be their quarterback. Okay, so uh, I'll, I'll see your, okay, yeah, Trey Lance next year is the guy. And I'll raise you this. Well, why the hell didn't they just draft Mac Jones, who is going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, looks like a surefire uh, starting quarterback in the NFL, has the Patriots in position to, I don't know, perhaps win the AFC East when the Bills were overwhelming favorites. And, you know, if, for my money, Mac Jones kind of reminds me of Jimmy G, does he not? Uh, Doug, I think it's these island games which really mess with people's heads, right? If you're on an island game and everybody's watching, there's no red zone. You've got to actually sit through commercials. You can't flip over to the NBA because they're all damn canceled because of COVID. And you're just watching every Jimmy Garoppolo play and you're like, geez, I don't know about this guy, man. He can look so good and then look so bad. Well, Doug, there's a, there's a couple island games coming up on Christmas Day. Uh, Baker Mayfield... You know, this guy's trying to play for a $40 million contract. I don't think anybody thinks he's worth it. And then you got Kyler Murray in the night game who hasn't been able to close a damn door to get to the playoffs uh, in his young career in Arizona. And it's just these quarterbacks in the NFL are so hard to find, Doug. Like, we think Baker, he goes one, they get to the playoffs last year. Uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, is he a franchise guy? And then Kyler Murray, who I love, who was an MVP candidate like four weeks ago. Well, I don't know. He sure looked, you know, ordinary against Detroit. Uh, he, can he stay healthy? He's tiny. Can he take hits? He's not running this year, which was his best attribute. Is Kyler Murray a franchise guy? And, Doug, that's what's so great about the NFL. Like, we could do this all day on NFL. We could do 12 hours on who's a quarterback, who's not, who's going to the playoffs. I love this damn game, man. I'm sorry. I just love it. No, it's awesome. And uh, I proposed last week when when we knew – that we'd have games on two on Monday, two on Tuesday, and one on Thursday. Like this is what the holidays should be. Yeah. This instead of having bowl game after bowl game, and we have a college hoop game on every night. Why don't we have an NFL game on every night, right? And I don't know. I I don't know if you heard me flesh this thing out. And the idea is that because they didn't create a a second bye week, even though they added another game, you could add in a new bye week by simply playing 
You had to play two games over a three-week stretch. You know, So, for example, if you played this Tuesday, you're not going to play before next Tuesday. You might play the next Sunday, whatever. Like You just kind of space them out that way. And I, I, I think you'd end up, you still have full stadiums. You have a little bit different uh, you know, TV. Uh, I think your TV partners would like it. You'd probably make more money out of the TV. Um, and you would kind of take over where all those ancillary bowl games, which seem to be slowly fizzling away, where, where they used to dominate. Um, I, I just th- that to me is the the next move. But I've I really enjoy. I mean, having football tonight and like Wednesday night, not having fo- not having NFL games on TV feels weird. But that makes it even better for Saturday and and for Sunday. But this is this has been like the best NFL week, even though it's been terrible because there's been so much COVID and so many guys sitting out. But the the volume of having games Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, day off, and then a really good game on Thursday is is a Amazing for the sport, building up to the crescendo of the playoffs. Yeah, I was going to toss in uh, college football, but goodness gracious, bowl season's been wrecked. I think you and I are in lockstep on this bowl season. Doug, I've watched maybe four plays of the bowl season so far. Uh, it, it's it's abysmal. Like you can't watch. Another game was canceled. Uh, Hawaii had to pull out. Uh, it's just. I'm just so thankful that the NFL is doing the right thing and not shutting down and uh, like the NHL did. I mean, come on. Uh, Doug, I barely pay attention to hockey, but you got to be kidding me. Shutting down the sport or pausing it for a few days? Uh, I, don't get me started on that tangent. Doug. Any, I mean, but what, you can what, fire uh, what, Wait, what do you... I don't understand. Like, the numbers are so bad, they have to shut down for a couple of days and then they'll start back up. Do you, do you think that they wanted to? Uh, why can't you plow through it like every other sport in America? I, I, I'm guessing just out of an abundance of caution. I mean, like, look, dude, these outbreaks are bad. Obviously, you have the numbers of guys. You have the proximity of those guys within their, the, the, you know. And you also, I don't know what the, the percentage of them being vaxxed was. If a high enough percentage of them weren't vaxxed, then it, it's going to spread well, like that's wildfire. A, that's their problem, you know. That's their problem. They got to sit out in uh, the requisite 10 days or whatever and bring in some, uh, like the NBA's doing, Joe Johnson, G League guys, whatever. Who, whoever so, wants honestly, to get vaxxed. Honestly, for the NBA, it's so bad. It is. It's bad. But get, at least they're playing. At least you're playing, right? Yeah. I mean, listen. It, it only, it only, it only, it only adds to the NBA's regular season, especially before Christmas Day. Doesn't matter, you know, when you're just throwing guys out there. I mean, look, almost anyone in the G League. If if you if you're right now, you're in the G League and you haven't gotten a call up. Okay, that means you're just probably a G League player because <laughs> well, everybody else is getting that that one opportunity. Which well, I, is, listen, the I mean, Lakers just... have not knocked on my door yet for the call up. Uh, the Clippers have, but I kind of said no. Um, Doug, come on, when are we going to see some Instagram influencers take the court to fill in for for the Orlando Magic, who got guys that you've never even heard of? And I know you love college hoops. Um, like it, it is bad, yeah, but guess what? It's an opportunity for other guys to get their moment in the sun, right? They're at least playing they're not shutting down and they're not you know again what are we shutting down for a, a couple sniff runny noses basically is that what's happening i got some friends who got covid but they're vaxxed and they're boosted and they got like no symptoms like come on i don't i think it doesn't it doesn't affect everybody equally and you know we can't like i'm not gonna sit here and act like i'm a doctor and you're uh, not you mean you're not an epidemiologist doug i think no, you're, you're making college basketball too I, I I get that, but like I'm not I'm not gonna go. I do I does it feel like this is the mild one? Like yeah, uh, but well, yeah, if, I'm not. If you're vaxxed, I'm not the, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not the and, and what you're finding is that they're trying to protect. I I don't know I don't know enough about it. All I can tell you is it's every like everyone has it. 
<laughs> you know, it was, oh, yeah, sorry, shutting down Christmas. We got it. Jimmy's got it. You know, I run a basketball program. The, the text of, hey, we're going to be out for a while. Like, I know what that's, that's about. Mm-hmm. You guys going out of town? Nope, nope, yep, not yep. going out of town, quarantining. Okay, so... I, I can only tell you this in the in the NFL. I do. I agree, though. You can you can zig when there's zag. If other people are postponing and you keep kind of plowing through, it it helps you. Um, Dana White. Dana White loves what you just said. Your guy, Dana White. Remember last year? Like, look though. There, there's it, it a lot. I think I think it comes down to one thing. I think it comes down to nobody wants to get sued. Nobody wants the the one the small percentage case that like, gets really really bad. We they don't want to turn up and get sued because you knew how bad it was. You knew how bad it could be, and you chose not to adjust and not to take a week off. You know, and it's not gonna it's not gonna kill hockey. Hockey's had multiple strikes and whatever. The 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 big portion of hockey is how much of it is occurs in Canada, and their approach to to this disease is different than our approach. And you know, in addition to the fact you get into these cities, but. Um, all I can tell you is it's been a great week for the NFL in terms of their perseverance through all these through all these COVID shutdowns, and I I think it's going to be fascinating. Who you just you got to find a way to just win the game, and Tennessee that that's maybe the the takeaway we didn't get to is you're missing your entire left side of your offensive line. You don't have Derrick Henry against the San Francisco team that comes in and they're healthy and they're ready, and you find a way to get a win. How many times have we seen? We saw the Rams last Thursday find a way despite they had I think well ten guys. Heck, the Browns didn't have twenty guys. It came down to one play. They could have won the game had they converted on a third down to to the Raiders. So. I do think that the, the NFL's next man up mentality and the ability for guys to, to pick up the weight and carry it across the finish line for just one game has been impressive. And I think it challenges a lot of coaches to do something that Vrabel's comfortable with, those Patriot guys are comfortable with, which is just find a way to win this game. You know, if you go back 25, 30 years ago in football, you know, before really the Belichick era, and even as part of the, the Belichick dominance era, you have teams who they do what they do, and that's how they beat you, right? And if you can beat how they, and but but Belichick's way has been very pragmatic. What does it take to win this game? And then we'll worry about next week. Next week, that's what Vrabel does. Vrabel's not Belichick. Obviously, seems like a, a a different dude, but it's still the little details and the ability to find a way to win this week and then find a way to win next week and we just find a way to win enough games and play it smart i mean you remember when uh tom brady's last game as new england patriot was against mike vrabel and the tennessee titans and how vrabel held the football and just tried to bleed the clock so that brady got as few opportunities as possible to come from behind and win it's it's did he want to keep playing football sure but he also wanted to win the game and there was some even some cheapy stuff there where they just got time off the clock late in the fourth quarter so i i think that may be the part that's missing instead of i woke up thinking damn garoppolo you let that one get away that one's on you it should be pointed out that tennessee found a way despite all the guys that were missing yeah, speaking of coaches, Doug, coming up next here on the Dan Patrick Show, Sean McDermott versus Bill Belichick. Uh, not just on the field, but a uh, little verbal sparring, perhaps. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb, Jason McIntyre, in for Dan and the Danettes. Merry Christmas to you. Are we at, is it Christmas Eve day? 
or Christmas Eve morning. It's really hard to tell if you're uh, listening to us on AM 570 in L.A. Um, that that watery substance fl- uh, falling from the sky is, in fact, rain. And it's been falling hard for about the last 12 hours. Like that was that was some amazing. Rain. Mac, you, you and I have lived in different places. That was very uncalifornia like rain. Last night and into the morning. Yeah, I moved here from Bucks County, Pennsylvania about five and a half years ago. And I think, Doug, it did not rain for like the first eight months. And then when it rained, my daughter was like, wait, what, what's going on? Rain? So they were just stunned to see it. And uh, it's good news for people who want to go skiing in Mammoth out here or in, in the uh, mountains. Apparently a, some great powder coming down. Doug, I personally do not like skiing. Way too risky for me. I'd rather just play pickup basketball than uh, risk getting an injury skiing. Yeah, you can't get injured uh, playing <laughs> basketball. Oh, wait, that's right. I'm recovering from an ACL. Yeah, how's that injury. going, by the way? I've seen some of it on IG. It's good. It's, it's good. I mean, um, I'm running now, uh, not yet cutting. Uh, we're four and a half months out. It's not not the worst thing it's in the world. Family I mean. taking care of you, though, right? They're, they're at the beck and call. You just Absolutely. You get... Feed me grapes. Uh, feed yes. me grapes at, at any possible moment. Love it. Uh, Jason McIntyre, Doug Gottlieb, in for Dan and the Danettes. So if you remember last time, last time, the uh, the Bills took on the Patriots. It's just a couple weeks ago. It was in a horrific rainstorm, a rain event. I mean, basically, it's like Buffalo. Like, and, I, and I think it was people, a monsoon, basically. Yeah, I, it's not a monsoon. Tornado, uh, hurricane. It was monsoon. Monsoon is a that that's like in the summer. It's a warm airflow. <laughs> Maybe monsoonal. I'd like to actually, Jason Stewart. I'd like a. I'd like a ruling on this one. Is is mons is like monsoon? Is that is that only for warm weather, or is a monsoon is because I may be wrong here with with McIntyre, and I don't want to. I don't want to change his uh, weather geog uh, weather. Uh, whether what was what are the words I'm I'm thinking? I think bottom line, it was a massive was windy. windstorm. Yes, it was. It windy. was windy. Let's just say that. But I <laughs> think I, I do think it needs to be a uh, tropical. To be a monsoon, right? Tropical would insinuate yeah. closer to the equator, maybe. Yeah. Am I way off here? No, you're probably right. Uh, um, no, actually, it, okay. So it says, it, it, I mean, Wikipedia, which is never wrong, never wrong, says uh, it used to refer to a rainy phase of seasonally changing pattern. Although technically, there is a dry phase, so it, it could mean for anybody. But usually, a monsoonal flow is with warm, warm, dry weather picking up, uh, picking up a storm. So I, I think monsoon season is in the fall. Anyway, just like, again, that's that's Weather Channel nut. I don't know what the exact term for that form of wind event was in Buffalo, but it was something. It was one of those, it was one of those, and it's unfair to Buffalo because I know I have one of my closest friends grew up in Buffalo and then their friends grew up in Buffalo and they're all delightful people. Okay? And it's a, I think as a living city, it's a good living city, good place to raise kids. But then you look and you, you, you know, on Thursday night, what? Buffalo is a, is a good living city when they have summer, like what, two months out of the year? Yeah. I mean, again, oh, it's, it's, it's where you have to, Oof. what? Just yeah, because it's, you, just you because it's cold doesn't mean that it's oh a terrible place gosh. to live. You just you just adjust, dude. Just I, adjust. I guess anyway. it's the Caribbean blood pumping through my veins. But in Pennsylvania, you grew up in Doug, Pennsylvania. I, no, I did not grow up in Pennsylvania. I grew up in Northern Virginia. Um, I had a snowblower and a generator in Pennsylvania, and hopefully, I will never have to own those large items again. Uh, I'll just say that out here in California, no need for either one of those. I I like the I mean I I like the seasons. I mean I spent. Uh, 
how many years? Uh, 12 years of my life in, in two different parts of Connecticut. And my mom's from Connecticut, and I just, I, I like the seasons. I, I didn't mind the, the snow didn't bother me. The, the, the big events didn't bother me, you know. Um, I wasn't cleaning my own driveway. I cleaned my own sidewalk. But I, you know. No shoveling for big boy Doug no, but I also But I'll also tell you that, that when I first moved to Connecticut, my neighbors, like, voluntarily, like, uh, cleaned my driveway. Mm. There's good people. Anyway. Did you rake a lot of leaves in, uh, in um, Connecticut? I would break the occasional leaves. I don't I mind doing do stuff out. Don't yard mind doing stuff outside. No thing. Life is too short to do yard work, Doug. Come on. I don't. Know. It's pretty th- uh, therapeutic, really. If you mm. get if you get the right. I would rather play sports to be therapeutic. You right? can do you can do both. There's how would big... you have time for both if you got to do all this damn yard work? Um, it's a good question. You can tell it's I very, got in a few very... arguments with the wife about this. It, Just it's, a few. It's a, it's a very, very good question. Look, I'll I'll tell you this. So Buffalo, however good a living city it is. There isn't a human being on earth that turned on that game a couple weeks ago on Thursday and was like, you know what, hun? Let's move to Buffalo. There's just not one, right? Where Rose Bowl's on and it happens every year. You turn on the Rose Bowl and you're like, California, homeless, taxes. Oh, gee. Uh, you turn on, you're Joe like. Joe Rogan is blasting California like, left and right. Oh, oh, look at Pasadena. That's amazing. Anyway, the, the, the line of that game came at the end of that game. It was when Sean McDermott, you know, right after losing to a team that throws the ball three times, um, three times, three pass attempts, but the Patriots beat him. And so here's Sean McDermott clarifying. You remember he came in after the game and he's like, you know, let's not give too much credit to Bill Belichick. Here's Sean McDermott cleaning that up, getting ready for this weekend's game. Oh, I'm sorry. He sorry. He tried. To, I I thought we had the sound for it. So he tried. He tried to clarify exactly, um, exactly what was what what he meant by it, uh, in terms of he didn't mean any like he like the old no disrespect towards Bill Belichick. Do you believe that there was disrespect meant towards Bill Belichick when he said that right after the game? Yeah, uh, Doug, I definitely think there was an issue with what he said. His exact quote, and again, he's backtracked on this already, but his exact quote was, uh, give more credit than we need to give credit to Bill Belichick in this one, right? And then, of course, the media is like, whoa, whoa, wait a sec, you don't want to give Bill Belichick credit? He adjusted his game plan from, hey, we're going to pass Mac Jones to, we're going to throw the ball three times and just run the ball down your throat. You know what's coming and you can't stop it. And McDermott says 100% that I have 100% respect for Coach Belichick. It was really just focused on us. That was the intent. Doug, let's just be honest here. You know in uh, some sports, whether it's college basketball, NBA, certain people have other people's number. Bill Belichick totally owns McDermott. He is living rent-free in the guy's head right now. McDermott, even last year when he had his loaded Bills team, early in the season, their favorites and the Patriots were going to beat him if not for a Cam Newton fumble late inside, I believe, the 15-yard line. In the rematch later in the season, the Patriots have been eliminated. They're resting guys. Cam gets benched for Stidham. Bills blow him out. You don't think Belichick stewed over that in the offseason? Like, come on, this guy's a good coach, but I'm Bill friggin' Belichick. And he just put him in a body bag in that game a couple weeks ago, Doug. It was a coaching clinic. I mean, McDermott like seemed rattled and shook the entire time. And I think Belichick wins this game. I, I've already put down a little bit of money on the Patriots. The line went up from one to two and a half, and now it's settled at two. I kind of like Belichick again in this one. He's just too good, man. He, the guy's great. Uh, yes, no. I, look, I think Bill Belichick's the greatest 
uh, football coach of our lifetime, and that that surpasses Bill Parcells, who we've worked for. And the, you know, there are others in which you could discuss, but I don't think anybody would would argue with that. And he did some great coaching last year, considering how depleted they were talent wise and what they were doing at quarterback. Uh, to win seven games was. Seven games was almost as impressive as Tom Brady winning three road games and, and winning a Super Bowl. Um, but we can also be honest, and I think what Sean McDermott probably meant was, let's let's not give Bill Belichick all the so much credit. Like some of it's just on us. We you guys just didn't make plays. Like it does come down to players making plays. You can put them in position, and it wasn't like it was a blowout. It wasn't like it's a total mismatch, and. I think one of the issues that the Bills have is they're built to beat the Chiefs. They're not built to beat the Patriots in a power running game, right? And and the way in which they have to play, and this is probably the, the biggest flaw in it, is that Josh Allen is not only their quarterback, but he's their best running threat. And when you're, when you're constructing a team and you're going to play in Buffalo, New York, or in the Northeast— in the playoffs, you still have to always have the sense that if you're in the AFC, you're going to play a playoff game in some bad weather. You know, it might not be New England. It, it may be uh, in Baltimore or, or maybe in Pittsburgh. Maybe this year it's in Cincinnati. There, there's some bad weather games to be had in the AFC that there aren't necessarily outside of Green Bay in the NFC. So they haven't constructed this team where they can play through those, no matter how good Josh Allen's arm is, and it's live and it's incredible. The wind even affected that. So I, I think some of it was out of Sean McDermott's control because they're just not built to play that way, where you have to run the football you know, nine times in ten. They tried to throw it. It was, it, it was ineffective. They've had an ineffective run game most of the entire season outside of Josh Allen, and they didn't make enough plays. I, I obviously I'm sure he's frustrated with with Belichick because he knew you walk in the press conference, you're going to get Belichick, 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 Belichick. And and and, you know, like, look, it's it's like the old grand grandmaster of chess just beats the you know, beats his pupil once again. I agree with you. He's awesome. I agree with you. He outdueled him once. But I would also tell you that McDermott's mistake isn't anything he said since he just. Why offer up the, the don't give Belichick too much credit a couple weeks later? Because obviously he knew what was coming or he felt like the onslaught of questions. He knew what the commentary had to have been during the game and after the game. And he's a little bit right, but he's, there's also the element of it, which is they're just not as well constructed for this style of football and against that type of team, as opposed to the other, t- like that's the challenge in the AFC. It's not just that you, if you want to go to the Super Bowl, you got to beat the Patriots or you got to beat the Chiefs or you got to beat the Ravens. It's that the Ravens and the Patriots are both teams that primarily run the football, but in completely different fashion, right? Then you have the Chiefs, who hardly run it at all, and they have two absolute home run hitters, one at a wide receiver and one at a tight end, and a quarterback who will take almost any chance possible. So the variance of styles, it's not like everybody's lining up and and running West Coast offense or everybody's doing kind of the same thing. It's hard to adjust. It's harder to adjust when the weather is terrible and when it doesn't play in your own favor in terms of maintaining possession of the ball on offense. Yeah, I should add, Brian Dable has struggled a bit this year as the OC for the Bills to duplicate the magic he had last year with Allen. Remember, Dable was in line to be a head coach. He was so good. He turned Josh Allen from like 
hey, man, this guy's completing 59% of his passes. He maybe is something to, oh, my gosh, is he an MVP candidate? And now Dable's kind of regressed. I don't know, you know, what's going on with the Bills' offense. They still have all the stars. The offensive line has not played well. But it's not all on McDermott. I should say some of that uh, goes to um, Dable as well. And and I want to add, Doug, like, listen, it's a totally different mentality to be the hunter versus the hunted. You know this, right? Buffalo last year was hunting down the Patriots. Hey, you guys have dominated for 20 years. We're coming for you. This year, Buffalo opened the season with the second-highest Super Bowl odds in the NFL. Right behind the Chiefs. And it's like, oh, how are they handling that? Well, not very well. And, Doug, they lose to the Patriots this game. You just have a lot of questions about, I don't know necessarily the future in Buffalo, but, like, wait a sec. I thought we were built to be a Super Bowl contender and run this AFC East for a decade. And now we're on the verge of maybe missing the playoffs. If Miami wins... And Buffalo loses. All of a sudden, Doug, it's like, oh my gosh, are these Joker Dolphins? By the way, they are gigantic frauds. We know that. Okay, they've been super lucky. Go look at who they beat during this run. I mean, are the Dolphins going to pass the Bills and sneak into the playoffs? Like, that's how crazy the NFL is right now. Yeah, no, you, you bring up a great point with the strength of schedule stuff. You know, it's that happened last year, though, with Tampa. Everybody says, well, they came out of the bye and they won four straight games. Like they played Atlanta twice. They played Carolina. They played bad teams at the end. And so they got it going. But it, at the, the way it works in the NFL, it's not a strength of schedule thing in terms of who gets in and who doesn't get into the playoffs. You either get in or you don't get in. And then how good you are. Well, that's easier to determine based upon who you've actually beaten. But I like, look, they, they've had they've, they've also lost their, their best corner for the year. OK, that's going to that's going to affect any any football team. Um, you know, they've had some other issues, you know, star Lele, of course, missing some time with, with personal issues. You know, we still don't know if Cam Lewis is going to play or if Micah Hyde's going to play. So they got, they got troubles, uh, in that back end, but you know, they lost, uh, Tredavious White for the season. They lost Justin, uh, Justin Zimmer for the season. Um, they, they've had some, they've had some, some nasty injuries, not the litany of others, but yeah, like for Buffalo, this is. A huge game because this was supposed to be the year in which they they put the stake in the Patriots and the Patriots did a great a good enough job spending all that money in free agency. You mentioned Mac Jones and Mac Jones has been pretty much everything he's been advertised to be and he he looked overwhelmed last week against Indy and Indy does not the, the back end of their defense isn't great. So it looked like we bumped into the ceiling for Mac Jones. This is a big game for Mac Jones to show that he's better than he played last week and that he actually could help them win a game against Buffalo because he did very little. I mean, even his, his teammates kind of called him out and they were messing with him. Like, uh, except for Mac Jones, all he did was hand the ball off, right? Like, that, this, I, this is going to be an interesting one in that it's not just about Buffalo proving they're anywhere near the preseason hype, but also that Mac Jones can win him a game because he didn't have to win it last time around. Yeah, um, I am curious, Doug. Um, are we going to talk about the Lakers at all today? I just sure. have to ask that because somebody just sent me a clip of what happened against the Spurs last night, and oh my, I hadn't you, seen. You didn't this. watch the game? Oh, come on, man! I'm watching football, and then I watch some movie about dogs with my family, a holiday movie. Yeah, listen, you got to do some holiday stuff with the family, you know. So I did not watch Lakers. I was following it on my phone, and you know they get their butts handed to them in the fourth. But uh, Doug. This Lakers, it's officially a major problem now. Uh, I don't want to go too far off course here. We're doing NFL. But this text I got about the Lakers is bleak. Somebody offered me Lakers tickets on Christmas Day, Doug. They're like, yeah, you know, we, 
with the COVID stuff, we're just not going to go. And I was like, wait a minute. So I asked the wife and she's like, well, you know, we are flying soon. And how are the Lakers doing? And I looked and I was like, not good. You combine Lakers awful, COVID, this stupid name change that the media is blowing out of proportion. Um, I don't know. So we passed on Lakers Nets tickets. Is that a bad move by us? Yes. Damn it. Yes. Text them back. They're still asleep. <laughs> this is yesterday. Text them back. Uh, the still tickets are still, definitely still, gone. Still asleep. I I mean, they, Kyrie Irving's not coming out here, is he? Nah, I'm just kidding. I had to. I had to needle Kyrie Irving. No, he's not. He's not out of the COVID protocols. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Search FSR to listen live. Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. Okay, just we're going to let you inside here. So I'm looking out my window, and I, I can't believe I'm in Southern California watching this weather event that's, that's, ta- that's taking place. Jason McIntyre, Doug Gottlieb in for Dan the Danettes, which, which means that uh, I know Seattle's going to have a white Christmas. Like There's, there's going to be areas that are going to get snow over the next week. And you just, hey, listen, you're welcome. California giving you snow. Actually, it's Mother Nature, but that's that's all right. Uh, it is the Dan Patrick Show. And J-Mac, you mentioned it. Like, we're starting to get into the make the jokes about turning down Laker tickets, which is not actually a joke, as there's a bunch of things. So the Lakers are changing the name of the arena from Staples Center to the Crypto.com Arena, which, okay, it's a, a cor- I don't really understand... Can you help me why this is a thing that we're looking back in like retrospective of Staples Center? Like Staples Center did not die. It's not being it's not even being remodeled. We're just changing the signage. Right? I, I don't I don't get it. It's like when when the old Boston Garden closed down, you're like, look at all the great events, you know? And I don't think every I don't think most non New Yorkers or people our age know that this Madison Square Garden isn't the original Madison Square Garden. The original Madison Square Garden was Madison Square, okay. But th- this I believe is the third actual garden, and they don't even tell the tale of how the fact um, six or seven years ago they put a billion dollars into that building. That's a basically a brand new building inside the old shell. It took them three off seasons to do, but they didn't have retrospectives about the old, even the old Madison Square Garden. Why are we doing this about Staples? Like it just makes LA look so dumb to be sell, to be mourning the loss of a building where nothing changed other than the signage out front. Yeah, people. I mean, I still call the Boston Garden the Garden, right? I all the old stadiums, I still call them by their name. I don't follow this. Oh, they now have a new sponsor, so you got to adjust it like that. I don't play that game. I don't crypto.com arena, whatever. I mean, it's just it's the dumbest story out here in LA that means. Absolutely nothing to me or anyone that I really know. Okay, so what is not a dumb story is the fact that the Lakers got boat raced in the fourth quarter. Yeah. They were they were trailing on the way into the fourth quarter, and then they get boat raced and lose by 28 points. Uh, there's a... <laughs> <laughs> it's going to become an internet meme where there's a play where it's 117-111 and the ball's thrown up to LeBron James and literally no one else on the Lakers makes it past midcourt. He takes a look for a second, nobody's coming, shoots a fadeaway, misses, and just goes trotting back down the But it, floor. he was one on five, Doug. you got to mention that. Like, no Laker came yes. in. All five defenders were there. LeBron's just like, I'll just jack a three and, you know, it's like pickup ball, basically. 
By the way, LeBron last night struggled from three, but was 15 to 26 from the floor, had 36 points, was a minus 23, minus 23. Westbrook, yeah, statistically, 30 points, four rebounds, uh, excuse me, seven rebounds, four assists. Taylor Horton Tucker didn't turn over as much. He had 13 points. No one else scored in double figures. Of course, remember, they're starting Dwight Howard. They have Wayne Ellington, Carmelo Anthony. Like, they, their roster is depleted because, because of COVID. Um, but do you think they can turn this thing around? Yeah, Doug, it's it's looking bleak. Uh, no Anthony Davis for at least four weeks. I joked on Instagram one day that Anthony Davis, AD stands for always down because the guy it lives <laughs> on the floor and he's always hurt, Doug. Uh, and this defense without him is a joke. Uh, the Lakers' defense basically is so bad. I haven't seen a bad defense like this in L.A. since the O.J. trial. I mean, it is a, an abomination. They can't stop anybody, Doug. I mean, they, they can't do anything. Uh, somebody, By the way, the O.J. defense, he actually walked, so it was a really yeah. good defense. But. Yeah, but it was a bad defense. So, so Somebody texted me this funny one that— uh, Wait, it was a I bad ha- defense? No, that was a—no, I, I, I mean, I understood the line. I, I don't—okay, I mean, never mind. Go ahead. Keep going. I haven't seen this many rough performances by a group of basketball stars since Space Jam 2. Um, you know, Lakers just can't get anything done. Isaiah Thomas. Do, did you know Isaiah Thomas sold me my Christmas tree the day after Thanksgiving, and now he's starting for the Lakers? Like, what's going on? Doug, how is this happening? Isaiah Thomas, honestly, off the Chipotle line, and now he's starting for the Lakers? Uh, and now they want to trade Horton Tucker because he hasn't been good for a couple weeks? Like, what? Well, that's I just, not why they want to trade Taylor Horton Tucker. They, they need help, and Taylor Horton Tucker is the only guy that anyone else would take. Yeah. That's, that, that's what it is. And okay? we still haven't seen Kendrick Nunn, <laughs> the savior. Oh, yeah, it's bad. Doug, it's bleak. It's, it, it's, it's bad. I mean, Rondo can't play. They shouldn't let... Caruso walk. Caruso and KCP were tremendous defenders, and they can't yeah. guard the basketball. Great point. Then you add in that Anthony Davis is hurt, um, and 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 LeBron's not going anywhere. And as as talented as and great a player as he still is, there's limitations to what he can do at both ends, especially defensively, mm-hmm. athletically. And I think the frustration grows. I just I don't know how it gets fixed as their schedule Doug, gets more Russell and more Westbrook has more up and down performances than an adult film star. That's how bad it is. That's Jason McIntyre, by the way. The Browns are going to make a play for Deshaun Watson. We'll discuss it next in the Dan Patrick Show.